I'm Jessica Abel, and this is Out on the Wire, the show about making stories step by step. And this is a workshop episode where we discuss and collaborate on work made by our listeners in the Out on the Wire working group. I'm here today with Benjamin Frisch, producer of Out on the Wire. Hi. And Matt Madden is out this week, but he'll be back next time. Episode 7's challenge was... Collaborate. Find someone to sit down with you for half an hour and explain to them what you're working on and where you're stuck. They don't need to be experts on your subject or your medium. You just want their honest feedback and their honest questions. Record your conversations. If you have a smartphone, it will have a recorder built in. If not, you can get a cheap digital voice recorder. It'll be worth having after your collaborative meeting. And then I want you to post a quick debrief of what you learned. Since this week's challenge is all about talking through your issues with the story um, and reading a bunch of debriefs and picking those apart didn't seem all that interesting, we decided to do something a little bit different. And instead of going through uh, work from the working group, we are actually going through a story from the working group with one of our longtime collaborators, Celine Keller. Uh, yeah, so Celine um, has been workshopping uh, a story um, about wild boars. I guess it's about her relationship with these two wild boars. The first one sort of fell into her lap by sort of chance. Almost literally her lap. Yeah, and she sort of falls in love with it. So cute and, you know, sort of has to move back in with her father to to take care of it. And her relationship with her father is complicated and she has to... You know, she's suddenly living with him and then there's another boar that comes into her life and then the two boars are together and they whatever. It's very interesting sort of kitchen sink dramas where she was at when we um, when we last saw her show up on the group, which has been a few weeks. So I have a feeling that she's been running into difficulties. It's been a while since we've actually seen her post anything on the working group. All right. So um, let's talk to Celine. Hi, Celine. Hello. <laughs> you are actually literally in the German forest, like almost every day, right? Always, really. <laughs> very dark and very uh, German right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe more German for you than most people, in fact. So why don't you tell us why exactly you're in the German forest every day? Because I really live on a farm now, surrounded by German forest. A very beautiful but lonely place. Um, and what brings you into those woods? Uh, my dad is a cook and has this farm up here. And last April, I came to visit and suddenly there was a little baby boar. And I became the stand-in mom and suddenly living here and changing <laughs> everything. Let's, let's go back one step, though. Suddenly there was a baby boar. Yes. How does suddenly there become a baby boar and you have to be the mama of it? A hunter called my dad and at eight o'clock in the morning that hunter appeared with Gustav and I think it was around the time four weeks, five weeks old. And um, it happened that the hunters wanted uh, the son of the hunter was supposed to kill the little baby and he couldn't. So they took him home and... And my dad uh, has this farm and is a cook. And I don't know what they were expecting, if they were expecting that he one day going to cook him or whatever. At least he had like the space to um, take him. And I was there because like all babies, they need a lot of attention. 
and obviously completely fell in love with him the first moment he appears. He, they are really sweet <laughs> little baby boars. Yeah, I looked at your YouTube channel. They are very sweet. It's really kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, but they grow and they become difficult. And can you um, read your, your XY story formula? I'm doing a story about Celine who has trust issues caused by a troubled relationship with her distant father, who is an egocentric dreamer. This is interesting because when Celine takes the challenge to raise two wild baby boars, a mission with dim chances for a happy ending, she needs to move in with her dad on his farm and confront that her father's romantic recklessness might be something they both have in common. And so this is uh, autobiographical. Yes, that's what I thought <laughs> before I ended up in that forest. What, what was the medium that you're pursuing for this? This is an audio story? Yeah, I, I thought like the audio would be would be possible with the interviews. I thought that would be nice. And I I wasn't sure about it because I also tried to um, film the boars because that's cute. But I don't know. I really, <laughs> I really don't know. It's really hard. I also like to draw, but I don't, I, I really was just thinking that I should make something out of it. <laughs> when you first talked about the story, I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. But as you went into it and you talked about you know, how this has caused you to reassess your relationship with your father and how you're sort of questioning yourself all the time. I thought, this is deep stuff. I mean, there's a lot there. I guess the first thing I want to say is I want to congratulate you on on getting into this story uh, while you're in the middle of it, because it's a lot easier to look back on something that's, um, you know, years in the past and formulate what it's really about. It's really, really hard to do what you're doing right now, which is to figure out what it's about while you're in the middle of it. And um, But on the other hand, the opportunity that you have is to actually get your emotions in the moment on tape and talk to your dad in the moment and and track the growth of these animals and, and your feelings about them and you know the decisions and turning points you're going to make in their lives and how that relates to your dad. You know, I just I basically just wanted to acknowledge that that is a super hard thing to do and that it's completely understandable that you would be stuck in the dark forest for a while on this. You don't necessarily need to be mastering this entire story right now. Like if you don't quite know what it's about right now and you might end up changing direction, that's okay because it just the, the material keeps rolling in, right? You just every day there's more. Every day there's more stuff. Yes, there's more stuff, but there's also like a lot of um difficulties I have like for example, my dad, I just can't get him to um, get him on tape. It's impossible. And uh, the tape I do right now when I'm alone, I don't like it. It's, I mean, the best part of it is like listening to the boys do their oinky oinks. I don't know. And on top of that, I don't really know if I really want to stick with that story about my dad because it's so hard to... Um, to follow. Difficult topic because um, you're not supposed to have wild boars and wild boars are a problem in Germany and there's like all these laws and um, all these things happening in the world. You hinted over and over again that the situation with the boars is untenable. Like they can't just keep growing bigger and getting wilder like in your backyard. Mm -hmm. 
Well, or can they? Kind of can. <laughs> they can because yeah. you keep saying it's, stuff that's like, oh, it's just getting worse and worse. And they will. They will come the day when we can't go on what we're doing right now. But they can stay as long as nothing happens, <laughs> which means that I will have to. Um, restrict their contact with people i mean it's like the official version and the unofficial version that's what what makes it so hard for me with the with the story i thought this and which also makes me interested in another part of the story which is all the hunters and all these weird laws and all these weird things about white boars i keep uh, like reading about now and uh, understanding now which is really weird so what is the problem the problem is that they are, um, it's, it's really fascinating actually because they are, um, pretty much, uh, like they're very similar to us. They eat everything. They, um, are very intelligent and don't have much enemies. And they, they are now like, um, they are a problem even in Berlin. They are coming everywhere and. Cause they breed like crazy, right? They're really. Yeah, but it's, uh, there's a, like, um, kind of weird thing behind it because it's uh, some say it's because of climate change and because uh, the winter is getting warmer and there uh, the trees have all the fruits and they make all these biofuels so there's more corn and more rubs i don't know the yellow flower they make oh right canola yeah actually they the people who take care of animals they say that the hunters are the problem because like 80 years ago, there per year, they shot like 50,000 um, wild boars. And now it's like 700,000, like in, I don't know, 60 years. And um, they hunt and hunt. And there's also like a, a um, like the idea, they say it's scientifically not uh, um, approved, but the female boars who it's a matriarchy and the theory is that if they kill those older mums which um, synchronize the younger boars in the sounder that then even the smallest ones start to breed and so every the more they shoot the more they breed and it's like an endless circle of getting more wild boars and um and it's really weird for me because I meet a lot of hunters now up here. They suddenly seem to be everywhere. And it's really weird because I started to research and try to find out stuff about wild boars. And there is almost nothing to find out. And even if you read like the not so fun hunters blogs or whatever, it's really weird. There seems to be a lot of... Um, confusion and not much knowing about them and they get more and more and the only solution they have is shooting more which seems to make the problem bigger and there's also like a kind of business behind it and it's also like a rich people thingy like traditionally and still and there is this weird uh, um, male thing about it. It's supposed to be so macho and so male, but all these animals have no chance at all. <laughs> and it's like they make this incredible bloodbath. <laughs> it's like 60 dead animals like all over. The, yeah. What I'm hearing is you are paying attention to your attention yeah. and you're on a new track for your story. 
And, you know, it's also possible that that your original story could weave into this. Yes. But I feel like you are so interested by what's going on with the hunting culture and with the problem with boars. So here's what I think we should do. Create a story around that. You create a new um, XY. You create a new story Mad Lib around that. You can use your own story of raising your boars as a frame for it so that you have a chronological, personal heartfelt, emotional part to the story that helps people get into it, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, um, and, you know, w- you wouldn't believe it part is, and the reason, you know, I the reason I care about this is that I have two, you know, adolescent boars in my backyard because hunters killed their mothers. You know what I mean? Now, and that may also have a sub story of what's going on with your dad. That could still be there. That could still be a thread. But so now what, what I would like to do here is um, try to think through what could be a new story Mad Lib for you given uh, this new idea of like what's going on with boars. So the the structure of the story, I think that the framework of the story is still, you know, Hunter shows up at my door with a baby boar and I fall in love and have to decide that I have to change my entire life to be this boar's mama. This is a huge life decision that you made like basically that night and maybe not without thinking through the implications really clearly, right? So that is an awesome hook for the story. If you tell that that as your opening to the story, no one is turning the damn thing off. Then you can pull away from that. And the, the, the way that you can tell a nonfiction story like this is, again, using your own story as a framework. So you return to you and your dad and the farm and the problems you're having with your dad, what your um, partner has to say, what your sister has to say, all these kinds of things. You can return to this over and over again as a kind of uh, way to go in and out of other stuff. But then you pull away from it and you talk about what's happening with boars, right? So you can follow the hunter away. So the hunter leaves. So you, you've fallen in love with the boar. Meanwhile, the hunter's somewhere. And, you know, how did this guy get there? And I love the idea that the younger guy couldn't do it. Like, he couldn't kill the baby. He's out there shooting the mother, no problem. But he can't kill the baby. What could be some of the points in the story Mad Lib? So let's repeat the story Mad Lib if we can. The the form of the Mad Lib, I think, is somebody is uh, doing this thing he's doing because of this reason. Uh, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then you wouldn't effing believe it. but this happens and the reason that that matters to everybody walking the face of the earth is this the beginning of it is the um, focus sentence part where you have somebody does something because but so um as the protagonist of the story you being the protagonist of the story you have your own like arc that's going to happen but in some ways i'm not sure that you are the protagonist of the actual story in the sense that are you the one for whom there is a because but? You know, in the in the new version of the story. In the old version of the story, you definitely are. In the new version of the story, though, I'm wondering about that. If the story is really the bigger story that you're telling is about the boars, um, maybe the protagonist is Gustav. Or maybe the protagonist is the boar, you know, the German boar. Yeah, I think that could be good. Like the, the boar in general, like what that, because it's such a, weird uh, weird perception of that animal. Right. So you have all these wonderful things you can use 
And I can imagine ways you could soundtrack stuff that was really cool using these like mythological stories, you know, the old uh, German stories about the boar and how the boar, the symbolism of the boar and how important the boar is in terms of, you know, self-image. The boar is also really important culinarily, you know, <laughs> to Germans. Your father's a cook, so there's a way to tie that in. Um, and then there's this population explosion problem, which has to do with all kinds of different factors. You know, the fact that um, the hunters who come out to the woods are not experienced. They don't know. I'm sure in the past, the hunters who were killing the boars, they lived among the boars and they knew how to maintain the population around them. If they didn't, their livelihoods, their farms would be decimated, right? So they must have known something. And maybe these new hunters don't know those things. And you could find out about that, right? Mm -hmm. So if we look at this as saying like the protagonist is, you know, the boar, it relates to some of the stuff that's in Out on the Wire, the book, where um, uh, Alex and Adam, actually, Adam Davidson is talking about um, their story, The Giant Pool of Money, which is the one that sort of launched Planet Money. Anyway, somebody says um, that it was maybe Ira who had the insight that the the character is the money, right? The character you're following through the story is the money. And you see the character going from one uh, hand to the other hand to the other hand. You see what effects it has. You see what it wants. What does the money want? You know, in the case of that story, the money wants to be uh, in a giant pool. <laughs> you know, it wants to be with other money. And that's the point. You know, it needs to be used. The money needs to be used. And so the money wants something, right? So what does the boar want? What's the impulse? And I don't know if this is possible. This is a thought experiment, right? Mm -hmm. But what what does the boar want? What is driving the boar forward. Seems to me that the the natural state of things with the boar is what it wants. Like the boar wants to live out its life in the woods and reproduce and, you know, do what animals do, right? That's what the boar wants. And what is standing in its way? Whole list of things, right? This maybe this isn't productive though, because the boar is not gonna who, but who is the protagonist of this story? Like, if you're going to tell the story of what's happening with the boar, so you have a before and an after. You have boars in the past. You have boars now. And where the where's the boar going? Who is the protagonist of that story? Is there one? I don't know. I guess this is sort of against what you've been saying, but I think she has to be a big part of this. I and, and that's why. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. I agree that the story, like the the story of Celine and what's happening with Celine, is really important. Yeah, it's like, can she find other people who are going through the same thing? Do you need to? I mean, one of Stephanie Fu's pieces of advice was like, if you're going through something, find somebody else who's going through the same thing and talk to them about it. Um, there, I actually know people who have bores. Okay, yeah, talk to them. For sure. Oh, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that story we talked about in like the first, I want to say the first workshop episode, maybe the second one. Mm -hmm. The woman who was doing the story about um, the horse sanctuary uh, yes. person who uh, yeah. was um, in favor of slaughterhouses because the treatment was so terrible. Yes. Um, yeah. And she had a whole list of people she was going to talk to who had an interest in this. And and you also have potentially that list. You know, you ha you can talk to hunters who actually hunt boars. Uh, you can talk to the people who train the hunters or maybe like tour guides who bring them out to the woods. You know, you bring the city folk out to to do this. You can talk to a farmer who has a problem with boars on his farm. You can talk to, you know, a vet veterinarian, um, other people who have wild boars as pets um, or as farm animals the way that you do. 
Celine, do you how how do you feel right now? I, I feel um I feel good. <laughs> I actually um think um what my problem was like the last weeks was exactly that that I didn't feel very comfortable anymore with what I thought was the story, like me and my dad and the boys. Like the the thing I still struggle with is, um, for example, uh, writing a Mad Lib or whatever. I can imagine like doing the interviews, but it all hangs together. Like you have to make a framework and find the right questions to ask. Like the thing you might be looking for is the like why this matters to people, yeah. and I think that if if the subject is the bore itself, yeah. I think is you know I think that's maybe an easier thing because it's like suddenly you're talking about this species of animal that has um, that's really important, especially as I understand to German culture, and has the symbolic value in the same way that um, that we talk about in the episode. Um, episode three or four about the the lions, you know, find people who are passionate about these animals. Clearly you are. And like, you know, lions have this important symbolic place in our culture. Like, what is that place for the for these boars? And like, how does your experience informed the way that you've uh, you think about those issues now? Right. And more than that, um, you have a very current uh, kind of angle on it. So that's your background. That's like, this is, boars matter because they matter to us. You know, boars matter because they're part of our culture and they're really important in this way. But on top of that, you've got um, the the layer of what's happening to boars now is wrong. Something's going wrong. Yeah. Like everything's going off track. That's a story, you know, the, um, the idea that, you know, we have this sort of, you have a sort of long, you know, Germans have a long history of coexisting with these animals in their country, um, venerating them in some ways, telling stories about them, which may or may not accurately reflect how boars actually live. But, you know, the point being they're important, right? Mm -hmm. And now things are going haywire. And why are they going haywire? And so maybe the, uh, so you definitely have a, um, you have a kind of radio lab like story in that sense. Like your story is about um, how the the situation with boars is going off the rails, and you have potentially tons of people you could talk to from lots of different angles who you may or may not use. You don't have to use them all. Remember that. Like when you talk to people, they don't have to necessarily make it into the story, but they'll give you different points of view, and you'll be able to build them together. And again, your story is important. It still is important. Don't stop taping. It's still the thing that's going to give us the intimate uh, connection to this. Like you care so much because you love these animals, like specifically these two animals, right? Not just in general. You're not an animal lover. Um, I mean, maybe you are, but that's not the point. Um, and so that's still important. And I do still love the idea that if you could find things to say about not necessarily your father, but who are you as a person, you know, to have that as a layer to the story, I think will make it much richer. Um, you don't want to get, you know, if you're telling the story of the boars, you don't want it to be like, and the story of how Celine is this, you know what I mean? But like that can be a, a, a like a thread that goes through that that enriches the experience for the listener. So I guess to get back to the Mad Lib, I think your, your Mad Lib is probably something along the lines of, it's not probably all that different from what it was before in some senses. You're probably still the protagonist. The events that happen probably are still the events of getting and raising the boars, 
But the emphasis is on how that then, how those stages connect to something larger about Boers. So each time you have a new and then, and then, and then, you know, so you got a baby boar. How does that connect to the bigger picture about boars? Well, there are these inexperienced hunters and this one guy, he couldn't even kill the boar. I mean, like, what kind of hunter is this guy? Like, you know, that's good eating. What's going on here? Yeah, if you could actually talk, I mean, you should talk to him if you can. I would try. Yes, definitely try to interview the actual hunter who brought you the boar, for sure. That would be great. And that's like, that's a good jumping off point, too, because it's like, it's you start in your own closed universe. Like, this is my life. I'm Celine and I have these baby boars. Then you step one step outside that, talk to this hunter who's like one step away from from you. And then from there, you step one step out from there. Like, or even you step really big out from there because I could see it going from, I'm Celine, I have this baby boar. You won't believe how this happened. Showed up on my doorstep. I fell in love, changed my life, literally, like forever. You know, here I am. And it's like a year later. And then cut to the guy who brought you the boar and he and you are asking him like why did you decide to do this how did this happen and like tell me and get him to walk you through literally if you can go out in the woods and like look at it do that where was he what happened and how how did the decision get taken to not shoot the baby but pick it up and carry it away like that's a big decision right so you get all that and then it's like all right now we can jump off to this, the, the talking about how boars are a huge problem, you know, like there are way too many of them. And this is how many were killed. And this is how many there are. And this is what they're doing, right? Then you cut back to the next and then of the um, Mad Lib, which is something about you, back to the intimate story of Celine and how now you got a second boar and, you know, you got sick or whatever, some other thing. And then you can jump off from that to, and here's why people think this is happening, you know, and you talk to, uh, you know, an animal, you know, zoologist who's studying boars or studying this problem or um, somebody who's doing, you know, um, economic studies on farming in the in this region or somebody who has some some perspective on it. And then you go back to you again, right? And and this is what happened next. And then at the, you know, I had to make this decision. And then my dad said this and, you know, it made me think blah, blah, blah. And. I think I think the dad angle might be a distraction. It might be, but I, I'm what I'm saying for now. We don't know. We don't even we don't have the dad tape, and you haven't even figured out what you think. Mm-hmm. But hold, keep taping, and and hold that in reserve as something you might want to talk about. It might be distracting, but it might work. And like having that in your back pocket could be good. Do Do you have any questions? No, I really, I I, I really liked what you said. It helped a lot. It's uh, also like getting the. Courage to just go and, for example, to talk to all these people, the other people I could be talking to. Who would you? Who else would you like to talk no, to? Just when you said that about the animal people and who you could talk to, I've been reading so much. There are so many weird people working on wild boars in 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 Germany. Just the other day, I read there is like a um, there's a project in Berlin. Where the people of Berlin actually like uh, tell them when they see wild boars and wild animals in the city, there are all these projects already running. There must be people you can talk to. And there, and a lot of them are going to be really passionate about about it too. And especially if these things are projects that are like not government sponsored, but that are like private 
projects, those people are going to be weird and interesting. Yeah. And do you have tips for how to talk with people who are definitely going to be in a, like, for example, I mean, I already have a little bit experience now living up here, but talking to um, the hunters sometimes can be a little bit tricky because they get like very, um, they feel attacked or that you're stupid. Start Start with facts. Start with facts. You know, just like, where were you? What happened? Show me how it went. You know, how do you go about this? You know, consult their expertise and say, like, I haven't done this before. So what do you do? What's the gun look like? Show me what it is. You know, how did you learn this? Um, and, and like, this is a wild animal. How do you sneak up on it? Show me how you do it. Get them into their world. Let them, you know, sort of be excited about what they do. Uh -huh. And don't judge them while you're asking them these questions. You know, like, you know, this guy who brought you the boar, like, he decided not to kill the animal. You can respect that, right? Sure. Like, you, you feel strongly about that. So hold on to that feeling and make sure that comes through when you're talking to him. And he may not, he may be a man of few words, who knows? But the, but if you can get him to walk around and show you stuff, and like you can narrate stuff into the mic, if he's not going to do it, you you can be like, okay, we're walking down the hill here, um, and there's trees on this side, blah, 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 you know, and um, I don't know what his name is, so Klaus or whatever, you know, shows me his rifle, and now he's, put, you know, and he's talking and you, you're you're narrating, you know? Yeah. Um, or he can, he'll, you know, have him say this stuff. It'll be in German and it may be, you know, short, but you can later, you can talk around that tape. But like the sounds of being outside in the forest is going to, you know, that's going to be something that's going to be important later. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like you talk in experts, people talk in weird ways. They're not, you know, expressive. You know, you just have to, there's a whole section in the book out on the wire about talking to experts. And I would look at that again that, you know, ask, ask again and again and, and model behavior, like be curious, be open, be funny. Um, and, and just try to like really in a really open way, get their story. Be like, no, I really want to know what brought you to this field of study, like to a scientist, you know, do you have any experiences with boars before? Or was it some other animal? Or what did how did you feel about this when you were a child? Or like, you know, do you ever have a moment where you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how amazing this is, or I can't believe how terrible this is? I have to get started. That's the point, no? <laughs> I have to really. You are started yeah. though. You are started. You you're totally started. You have reams of stuff. You just have to be a little brave, and you have to reach out to these people. And and you couldn't have gotten to this point where you are without having gone through thinking about the story as it was. Right. That's an important point, too. Yeah, that you like, I don't think you need to feel bad about having gotten off on the wrong foot in terms of what the story is going to be about. That's what led you to where you are now. No, I don't feel bad. I uh, I felt overwhelmed. Now I'm uh, all full of new energy and will call those people <laughs> and will try to make appointments. I, I think I'm nervous because I never did it. I never really uh, did interviews But I will try. Well, it'll take, I mean, it'll take some practice, but you'll be able to do it. I mean, you know your stuff too. Like, you know what you're talking about and you're genuinely curious about it. And like the best interviews are conversations. The best interviews are like the best conversations and you'll have plenty to contribute. I mean, you don't, you know, you have to be careful not to talk over the person mm -hmm. and let them say what they want to say. But you're in a really good position. A lot of people who go on interviews, they don't really know the thing that they're going to interview about. And so they can't get deep 
but you can. So uh, what are your next actions? What are you going to do next? Next is making a list of people I could interview, I think, is a good good idea. And um, think about that madlib, which is really uh, still a challenge because it's like I struggle a little bit with the with the story like with the arcs if you don't know what's going to happen yeah i mean you may not know how it's all going to play out yet but i do think thinking through what elements of you of what's actually happened with you you can tie together with larger points about what's happening with the boar mm-hmm. so i think that will be useful for you without insisting on knowing every piece of it yet yeah you're going to have to figure it out eventually but, um, you know, for now, I think just having that kind of blocked out would be good. And then I want to see you um, coming up with interview plans for people. And they'll be very different depending on who the people are. You know, like um, like the hunter interview is going to be about learning about what it is to be a hunter and also getting the actual story of finding Gustav and deciding not to kill Gustav and bring him to you. So, that's, so you're going to be evoking stories with turning points there. But you're also going to be getting background information about, tell me about being a hunter, right? And then with people like experts, you may or may not get those kind of stories from them. But you're going to get background information you need. And you might get some stories. Like you might get some stories about, you know, a boar in Berlin and what happened. You know, that kind of thing um, that could be useful. Yeah, there's so many stories. I don't even, uh, like, there's a um, lot of um, scary stories, which is also an interesting like something that calls my attention. It's like everybody's so afraid of these wild boars, but they're actually like very shy. It's really hard to see one in the wild. Mm-hmm. But if you or if you look at YouTube and you see videos, like I mean, there are videos of um, humans being attacked, but it's always like they're really like having them cornered and really like... So wait, if you want to tell those kinds of stories... Um then you might think about either a story of when you had a scary moment with your boars, you know, accidentally, um, or the opposite, you know, that like how they're not scary, you know, and then here's how they are scary, you know, so you can kind of contrast those things. So that that might be a way to bring that in. Anyway, I would list the kind of stories you want to find and then see, Mm -hmm. you know, see, think about, brainstorm who you could talk to to get those stories told. You know, YouTube, you can contact the people who put the videos up. You know, it's going to be a long list. <laughs> I'm yep. going to yep. listen to the to the recording from today and make a long list. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, we're going to wrap mm-hmm. this up. Um, I hope we've uh, helped push things along a yeah, little bit. Not not only a little bit. This was really great. Thanks a lot. Good. Cool. Okay, that was really fun for me and really nice to finally talk to you. I've been following your progress with uh, with anticipation. See you. Bye. Bye. All right. That's it for episode 7.5. Join the Out on the Wire working group and get involved. To get an invite to the group, head over to the show page at jessicaable.com slash podcast and sign up for the newsletter. At the show page, you can get show notes for all our episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, find links to our social media accounts, and find out about our Patreon, which is a great way to support the show. We've got extended versions of our special guest interviews, 
and we offer hand-drawn internet avatars for you or for a friend, and even a personal story consultation with us. Please note, as we're reaching the end of season one, we're going to start winding down some of the larger rewards, so check out the Patreon soon. You can find me on Twitter at JCCable. Benjamin is at Benjamin Frisch. Out on the Wire is produced by Benjamin Frisch with the support of La Maison des Auteurs Angoulême. And we'll see you in early January with episode eight, Your Baby is Ugly. See you then. Bye.